Let's make planning this year's garden a lot easier with the Planter app. This app is packed full of features. It has companion and combative planting, which are indicated by green and red circles. It has a simple drag and drop interface. It has 80 plus plants and thousands of varieties. All the info is needed to grow veggies, including when to start seeds, transplant and harvest, the ability to create custom plants and varieties, a growing guide with in-depth articles to supplement the quick info in the app, not to mention that you can view it and use it both on your PC and on your mobile device, so you can always be planning your garden on the go. This app is used in my garden year-round to plan the upcoming seasons, reference the last year's seasons so I know when to rotate, and it also helps me to learn more about companion planning using the visual cues. When you create your garden, it's going to be based on the dimensions and each block is going to be a square foot. I've had a lot of fun using this app and the Planter app, which is spelled P-L-A-N-T-E-R, is available in your app store on both Google and Apple. So what are you waiting for? Get out there and plan your garden and use the link below to get a discount on the Planter app. To have a good harvest, one must plant good seeds and must also use the right kind of fertilizer. The carrots have grown large and firm. How good they will taste. What do you think the chances are that somebody is listening to this show right now and they've been trying to grow something and it's just kicking their butt? <laughs> well, you're in good luck because, or you're not in good luck, but you're in good company because we have the same issue. And that's what we're going to talk about today. These crops are the ones that give us the most issue, right? Mm-hmm. So, that being said, is it the crops that we did this year that we're growing this year or just in general that are giving us an issue? Both. All right. We're going to mix a cake. We're going to make a happen, Captain. Mm-hmm. So this could be either one, but more than likely they're going to be in our gardens. Um, yeah. So well, it could be even it's given us such uh, such trouble. It's been such a stinker that we've sworn it off from our gardens this year. Never. So how about that? Never swear something off. Actually, I take mm-hmm. that back because that's a lie. Um, I want to say before we get started, thank you to everybody that supports the show. If you'd like to become a patron or an Apple subscriber and you will get a episode every month from us exclusive to you, but you also get the good feeling in your heart that you are helping support the show and helping other gardeners. There it is. All right. Now, I have been looking out in my garden and I have seen a number of things and I have been taking notes and there are some things that I struggle with and some things that I don't. Mm-hmm. Um, you're giving me a death stare. It's making me very uncomfortable, by the way. Sorry about that. <laughs> it's okay. Um, you know, I try every year. Do you, I know you do, but do you try, I know you try different varieties, but do you try different like total crops, try to do something new every year? I I have been trying, um, but it's not, I don't know if it's been a lackluster effort for me, but a good example of something I tried new this year was a different type of um, winter squash. And I just don't know if it's going to make it, man. Really? Yeah. I mean, it's, I just saw it pop from the soil, you know, like last week and it's like mid June. Remember I told you June 21st. I sowed seeds and it was a disaster. Anyway, um, I have started to do less and less new things because there's so many things that have been new from these previous years. I'm still trying to get my head around. I can basically, if you call it a vegetable, I can tell you the number of years I've been growing it. It's either a lot of years or I could tell you the specific number of years. And that's to say, like, if I tell you the number of years, I'm not confident. (laughs) (laughs) That's what I say on my videos. Like, if I... I, I'll never say that for tomatoes because, you know, I'm confident in growing tomatoes. But if you tell me about, if I mention broccoli, I'm like, this is my third year growing broccoli. Be kind to me, viewers. I don't know what the hell I'm doing. Yeah. You know, I feel like I'm comfortable growing tomatoes, but there's always like a cloud over my head when it comes to tomatoes. Like, I feel like sometimes I'm just missing like some piece of it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, I feel I know I can do it. I do it every year, every single year yeah. and always have. 
but it just it seems like there's just this one little thing that and, it, and it's crazy every year i learn something new so it, it's it's weird how that works out but i think to survive with what we do you know and again because it's not our primary gig it's not like you know you're nine to five whatever that would be in garden hours for us to basically get through the year you have to have some things that you feel good about growing yeah. you know again they may you may stumble you know into some trouble but you feel confident that you're going to come out of the other end of it because that's the only way you can make room for all of the other stuff that we'll talk about today yeah, yeah. <laughs> that continues to give you a hard time yeah well and i mean the reason why i asked about the um you know stuff we've grown in the past or stuff now is because you know, like corn for me is it's not giving me a hard time this year, but it has in the past and mm-hmm. I'm closer to being successful than I've ever been before. So truth moment, I've never harvested an ear of corn out of my garden. I've never come close to harvesting an ear of corn out of my garden. Um, you know, I, I tried to do a couple things before where like last year, I don't know what I took. Oh, I grew carrots and then I took the carrots out and then I tried to plant corn and it, it was just too late. So mm-hmm. I go through this, um, I have this website, I talk about it everywhere always, but it's because it's a great reference. My extension, my extension service gives me, um, not me personally, but they have out there where for your area, when to plant certain crops and corn has a huge swath of time, but it just, it didn't work out for me last year. And last year I was close. So I planted like a patch of like five years or five corn seeds, whatever, and I got one stock that got pretty big, but I, I just didn't take good care of it. So this year I did a whole bed. My mm-hmm. wife basically said, look, if you don't grow corn, we're going to have an issue. So I said, okay, well, I don't want no issues, ma'am. Mm-hmm. So we started growing it and they're all doing the fat Joe. You know, they're just leaning back, you know. So I was <laughs> trying to figure out like what's going on with that. And I've grown stuff in this bed before, but I've I've figured out that they're leaning towards the sun because they're not getting the amount of sun that the corn wants. Not any plant, but just the corn. I mean, it has to be if they're all leaning in the same direction, right? Well, One would think. You know, I think that I also, you know, so planting depth, we almost never talk about. Okay, um, well, let's we, talk about it, please. Yeah, only when we did the um, You Should Grow series. But I was looking at one particular ear of corn that's coming up, and it's like it's doing the wobble, you know? So, and I say to myself, because I've sowed corn in this little small bed three times now, you know, come back around and re-sowed and re-sowed. And so I'm wondering if that particular, it's probably a result of me re-sowing. Maybe I didn't sow it deep enough. Corn has these this weird root system. Yeah. So all of that said, it absolutely could be, if they're all doing the same thing, it could be that, you know, it isn't getting the light it needs, or it could be the depth you sow the seeds at. Maybe it wasn't deep enough for it really to establish itself. Uh, so that's a thing that I'm exploring as I watch a couple of my ears of corn. That's an when interesting I say ears, thought. I say stalk. That's an interesting Stalks thought. I haven't thought about that. Um, you know, I typically go two times the depth of the thickness of the seed, which corn's pretty damn thick. Mm-hmm. But um, I've also seen where some stuff will do fine if you go four times the depth. You know, like real deep, like especially like carrots and stuff. Like I was surprised how deep you can go with those. So that's interesting. I have to look into that. But, you know, um, so right now my corn's about knee high, roughly. Um, It's tasseling. I think it's starting to form the tassels again. (laughs) Not really. Don't know what I'm doing. So this is all news to me. But I went down the um you know, went and looked it up and I was like, it, it's knee high, but it's tasseling. What I think is tasseling has got to be. Um, why is it so short? And I got into like growth stages and like how, like when it tassels, it really starts to shoot up or something. And, or when the tassels start to form, so they're not like Brown or anything, they're still green. And that's when mm-hmm. it's going to start, you know, and long E long gating getting I can't say that word very good so this is like all a new thing for me but this is the third year now that I've tried to grow corn and the most I've dedicated to the corn so I don't know if it's it's I don't think it's fair for me to say it gives me problems every year because I didn't put a lot of effort into it 
Well, I, I'm rooting for you and for the corn in particular. I mean, primarily for your marriage sake. Yeah. Um, corn is one of those things, and I think I've I've tried to grow it four years. I've been successful three years of the four, something like that. Yeah. But you hear I'm you know saying number of years here, um, and it's one of those vegetables, and you're not quite there yet, but like the timing of it is so essential. Like for, you know, from the point of it being, you know, you know, you enjoy the sweet nectar to it being, you know, mouth mush. <laughs> yeah. From what I understand, it, it's like a couple days. Yeah. Yep. And so the variety yep. I got is actually known to be like you get like a 10 day window. So mm-hmm. I was like, OK, I can deal with a 10 day window because at, at some point yeah. you will see ears of corn. And it, I mean, you're just chomping at the bit at that point. So I was willing yeah, to do that. It's interesting because when you think about something like corn and, you know, that's it's one of the handful of crops that people, people, critters are always attacking. Yeah. You know, so not only do you have to get the timing right when it comes to harvesting it at the point where it's sweet, you know, because if you harvest it too early, it's not going to continue to get sweet. It's done. Yeah. If you harvest it too late, you know, it's going to be really starchy. Um, but then you're also trying to beat, you know, the birds and the squirrels and so on. Um, so it's I mean, it's interesting because it's such a popular crop when it comes to mass production. Right. You know, the number of things that that corn turns into. Uh, I can't even I couldn't stomach being like a just a corn grower. So I mean, you think about like you're risking it all. Of course, you're able to become like a subject matter expert in it once you do. Um, But for me in my little space, I'm looking at it and I'm committed this year to enjoy 98 percent of the ears of corn that I grow. Yeah, that's it. Ninety eight percent. So there's a lot of farms around me and um, they rotate every year between corn and soybeans. Mm -hmm. I'm pretty sure they're corn and soybeans. And uh, this year they're doing corn, so it's working out really good because I'll go drive around and be like, all right, what's their corn look like? All right, we're good, we good. Mm-hmm. We're starting to get there, you know what I mean? So I can tell that, like, okay, I'm not too... Because at one point, I looked at it and I was like, man, I'm way behind. And then I came out a couple of days later, and when I say a couple of days, I mean a couple of days, and it was, like, caught up to their corn. So it's like the growth pattern on it is insane. But Yeah, it- Look up. This is more so for the listeners who haven't seen it or grown it. I'm sure I don't have a video to reference in particular, but there are a million of them. It's an exaggeration, of course. Um, Probably progression not. videos uh, for corn. Yeah, I did something that was like you know month one, month two, and so on last year, and I thought it was pretty cool. Um, you know, I just had this moment of like, no, I grew corn before last year. You know what happened? I didn't pay attention to the corn growing the year before that um, because I was watching corn in the way that like it emerges like it looks like a little cylinder I thought it was super cool and it's like how do you think that if you you know how how does this like come to your head if you've already grown it anywho I'm, I'm rambling now um, the whole point on the progression of corn it's one of those crops that I kind of feel like you gotta babysit a little bit you know and so that is one of the reasons why I have a couple of the, they give me a hard time on my list. Yeah. Um, and I really enjoy corn, well, but let me move on to my, well, hold on. let okay. me, let me just say this oh, one part. No. So I just okay. looked up the growth stage thing and I'm, I'm going to briefly take 30 seconds to summarize it for you. Oh no. Yeah. Okay. It has numbers of growth stages, very technical um, from VE to V1, V3, V7, V10, VT, R1, and then R6. And so these are different, you know, labelings for the stages. And if you feel so inclined and you want to say, like, hey, where's Ben's corn at? I'm at stage V7 right now. So that's where I'm at. Um, I don't know. But it's it's crazy to me because, you you know, we you can buy corn for 30 cents an ear or whatever. And then you look at this and you're like, Dude, this is way more technical than I signed up for, like, straight up. But the good thing about this is it tells you, like, the time that it takes to get to a certain height and then what the nutrition needs are for at this specific stage. And it is easy to tell what stage you're in. So if you feel so inclined to get technical, but um, I'm going to move on from that because it stresses me out. <laughs> mm. Mm-hmm. Okay. 
Leonard. I thought we discussed not letting him go down that rabbit hole. All right, moving along. Strawberries, man. I'm going to get in and out. Ugh. Um, they are delicious when you get them. Yeah. Um, they are one, similar to corn when it comes to the, the harvest time. You need to pick them, um, you know, before something else gets to them or before they start to get mushy. One of the most disappointing things in the garden is when you go to pick a strawberry and it looks beautiful and it's red and then you turn it over and then someone's chewed on it. Something's chewed on it. Um, I think that once you figure out how to grow strawberries, you probably know it for life. And I've not figured it out. I've tried to grow strawberries over the last 10 or 12 years, you know. I'll try for a couple of years and then just say the hell with it. Now I'll try, start trying again. Um, I do think that they're heavy feeders. I think that there's some rules around strawberries that I'm just not so interested in following. I believe everything that I experience with strawberries is absolutely the gardener. I believe that I am my own yeah. uh, worst uh, enemy when it comes to growing strawberries. I don't want to follow the recommendation of pinching the flowers the first year. So sacrificing the harvest essentially is a recommendation I've read from what I'd say is a reputable source. Um, I don't want to grow as many strawberries as I think I need to. Like I don't want to give that much space up in my garden. And only because I've had such poor performance of strawberries. Um, and then the whole maintenance of clipping runners or clipping them and then replanting them. Like, that's just a whole thing. Like, I feel like they're kind of they're kind of high maintenance. Yeah. I mean, do you have to replant the runners, though? You can just clip them. You don't have to. It feels like the responsible thing to do, though. I mean, I guess. I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm right there, like... I mean, I don't know who's in the driver's seat on this one because they they give me a headache too. Um, mm-hmm. I know that I don't clip runners just for the record, but I mean, I think you're supposed to. <laughs> yeah, and so I mean, I've been stepping and walking all over my strawberry patch all year, which is kind of a headache. Um, and you know, at first I started off this year and I was like, screw it, I'm not growing anymore. But then I started doing this thing this year where I was um, I started googling um, production per plant of certain crops. And mm, so I mm-hmm. did for the strawberries and it's saying here, and I do, do not know if this is a reputable source, seems kind of crazy to me, but we're going to go with it. It says you should get one quart of strawberries per year for each plant, no matter what variety you're growing. So that can be June bearing, ever bearing or day neutral um, strawberries. I do not have that experience. I had probably 10 out there and I may have gotten a quart out of it in one year out of all 10 plants. So apparently I am way behind on my production. This is either the, um, right answer or at least the common answer, or we're looking at the same source. So the description I read was with proper care, it is not uncommon for each strawberry plant to produce a full quart of strawberries. Approximately 25 strawberry plants should be adequate should adequately supply a normal family with delicious strawberries. How many? I'm How many plants? A, 25. Yeah, I'm not going to grow 25 plants. Yeah, and I'm not even going to touch on the idea of the normal family, but, you know, moving right along. Um, so, yeah, I mean, the space that it takes is... When I first tried to uh, grow strawberries, I'm almost certain I tried it in, in containers, which is possible. Um, but I had no idea how big strawberry plants got. Yeah. Like 25 plants, like, I think that's probably one of my larger raised beds. Like my, maybe my 10 by 4. I bet that's a 25 foot row. It. I would say. 25 foot row? I bet so, yeah. That's a, Like, so a strawberry plant every foot? Roughly, yeah. Maybe eight inches to a foot. Because I know mm-hmm. we go to a, uh, we have a couple you pick farms around us, which is where we get our strawberries. Um, and they're about roughly a foot apart, maybe a little less. And that being said, like I've been going out there for a couple of years and they all grow them the same way. And I'm thinking about mimicking them where it's, mm. you know, you mound the soil up six, six to eight inches. You plant the straw or you put the black plastic down, put the strawberry in. Bada bing, bada boom, you get the strawberries. But um, I don't know. I, I just as little luck as I've had with them. Well, and the benefit of that, too, would be it would keep the things from chewing on your strawberries as well. 
Well, yeah, that's what I was going to ask. The mound must be to keep the strawberries be. off the ground. It's got to be. As much as possible. Because that's what I see like across the board when I've been to a strawberry. And I've been to quite a few strawberry farms, believe it or not. And um, across the board, they're all grown like that. I know it wasn't, but I'm going to go ahead and call that a flex. No, it wasn't. <laughs> the only reason why it's a flex is it's actually the opposite flex because I can't grow them so bad that I have to go spend my money to go to the farms and pick no, them. No, it's, it's funny because I can see your face and I know it's absolutely not a flex and you're not one to flex, but I think it's funny. Like in my memory bank, the thing I want to remember about strawberries is like you're to- touring the world strawberry farms. Like. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, when we lived in New England, that's when we got into the you pick thing. And um, that worked out really well because we can make our jellies. And because no matter, even if I had a 25 foot row, I wouldn't have enough to make jellies. I would just have enough to eat. You know what I mean? Oh, that just that that hurts my heart. Yep. It's painful. Oh, OK. I'm going to move on. Well, I'm not going to move on. I'm going to add this to future episode list. Leonard, if you could ever get this bit right. I keep on wanting, uh-oh, I'm babbing on the microphone. I keep on wanting to come back to it. Index finger pointing. I keep on wanting to come back to the idea that what does it produce? Like, I was doing the math of 25 feet. Like, I could, and again, I'm, I'm not your normal family based on what I believe this person is describing. Um, and in my mind, I'm picturing strawberry jelly or jam or whichever one it is i actually have it on my grocery store list i could taste it and you're basically telling me that i'm just gonna have strawberries you know with my daiquiris now that's that's what i'm gonna get from it i mean that is worth something but yeah yeah um i've actually started playing around with that this year what you're talking about so i would Mm -hmm. love to talk about that at some point because that Mm -hmm. is the ultimate question when you go to plant something you know, is how much am I going to get off of this? Because the last thing you want is, you know, to have, you know, 15 tomato plants growing and you're like, you can't even touch the first bit of tomatoes on two of them, you know, and you're just wasting yeah. space at that point. But this, that gets into more of a like very methodical planned way of gardening, which I think gardening does lend itself to anyways, being very methodical well, yeah. about what you're doing. For sure. So this is one of those moments where friends, a real friend, if I were Ben's real friend, I would just say, okay, great. Look forward to talking to talking about it. But instead, what I'm going to say is I've been trying to talk about this for three years. And this is one of those moments where you just basically have to wait until your partner is ready. <laughs> right. You know, like, And he's right. He's, he has his little notepad. He's writing it down like it's a brand new concept. Right. Um, That's a great idea, Batavia. I can't yeah, believe you came. Yeah. I've never heard anybody suggest that before. Absolutely. No, we, we touched on this just a little episodes later. Bit. Well, no, we, there is a bit of a spin. We touched on this in a recent episode around, I think it was, we were talking about green beans and the idea of how many green beans, like preserving some, but then also, I think it was the filling the, the gap, um, filling gaps in your garden yeah. episode around, you know, well, maybe I'll just eat these fresh, you know? And so there is that bit of, um, you know, how many you're going to actually grow and what you're going to do with it, I guess, is the bottom line of it. Well, you know, and we're going to move on after this comment, but I did briefly touch. Is that right? We're going to move on after your. Yeah. After my comment, we're going to move on. Yeah. Because Mm -hmm. if you don't, then you're just going to open Pandora's box. But Mm. I have. You're the closer of the box. I'm the closer of the box. I got to keep it closed. Yeah, we got to keep it closed. (laughs) Um, You know, in in a previous video I did on YouTube, I did crack this subject and what I think I have kind of figured out. And there was a bunch of combinations of things that I came up with. And I mean, again, and I said something else in another video where like, hey, if it, if it works for me, it's it's got to be right for me. Right. But it's like mm-hmm. the way I justified what I was growing and how much I was going to get out of it and being realistic about it. You know, like this says one quarter strawberries per plant. You and I know we ain't going to get a quarter strawberries off a plant, even if I went out there and sang lullabies to them every night, you know. <laughs> so there's a whole thing behind that. And I think that it is something that once you figure that out and you're mm-hmm. never going to get an exact number, you can really do some damage in a garden, but you got to mm-hmm. figure it out. And there's a lot of internal questions that we have to ask ourselves. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, 
I'm gonna let you. I'm gonna let you lead us down the road of closing this. Yep. So that's closed. So it's on you. Yep. So um, you know, we've talked about this crop a lot on the show, a lot, and we've bastardized it, and then we brought it back, and we've raised it up on its praises and all this stuff. Do you know what it could be? Yeah, I do. What is it? It's cabbage. No. No. No, it's broccoli. Okay. Oh, okay. I thought when I put in the the chat about broccoli, remind me, but not on this episode. I didn't see that, it you know, yeah, until now. I figured you wouldn't bring up broccoli. <laughs> I didn't see it until just then. No, broccoli, man. It's, um, you know, I grow it every year and it's been a difficult one for me. And it's just because of my temperatures is why it's been difficult. Mm-hmm. But that's still like a very valid issue because it'll bolt. Yeah. So, um, I think it was the last episode, maybe it was after the last episode, you and I were talking mm-hmm. and I said, um, I got to go start my seeds, right? Mm-hmm. Was that on the episode or off of it? Either way. It was off, off the episode. Okay. Yeah, we talked a good long time too. Yeah, we yeah. did. So anyways, so sure enough. It felt like a whole nother episode. That's why you're like, was it on this? <laughs> <laughs> So I went on and I said, um... I went and started my seeds and then I was thinking to myself, I was like, man, it's really hot outside. Like, am I setting myself up for failure for bolting broccoli? And so I went down the rabbit hole and I was looking at what stage of growth does that determine when the broccoli is going to bolt? So my question was like, if you, if you put a seed in the ground right now, wherever you are, and it gets to be a hundred degrees, will that automatically bolt? Because, you know, lettuce will do that. It'll come up and it'll just bolt. And so I started going down the rabbit hole with that and reading about it. And from what I understand, um, do you want to play a game? No. Okay, we won't play a game then. That sucks. Um, They don't necessarily bolt like... My my phone thinks that I want to play a game. It just listened (laughs) to me. It thinks that I... um, I don't think until it starts to produce that head... That the temperature mm-hmm. actually caught, wants to bolt. Does that make sense? Say it again. Until it starts to produce that head, I don't think you need to worry about it bolting. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. then you start worrying about timing, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. But what causes it to bolt? We've covered this in an episode. I doubted you in the episode. Now you're positioning me to be the person, <laughs> the co-host that's basically saying... A second time, I really don't believe you. You know, you need more people. Yeah. Yeah. I believe it's, I've, I've believed that it's heat. It is heat. Yeah. That is correct. Mm -hmm. It is heat. But from what I understand, it's the heat Mm. to the roots, not the leaves. That was what was interesting (laughs) to me. So I went out there and I said, okay, I've got some mulch on the ground. I got this bed that's not even planted. Right now, I'm waiting to put my Brussels sprouts in. Let me slide my little hot hand underneath the mulch and see the temperature difference. It was amazing, the difference between the piece that was not mulched and the piece that was. It was a good 10 to 15 degrees difference. Like, it was cool to the touch underneath the mulch. So, I don't normally do this, but two people in the course of one week, completely different parts of my life. I don't know either of these people, but, you know... One person commented on YouTube, another person passed my garden and was chatting with me. And they both commented about using super cold water when watering things. This is like in this bed that had broccoli and cabbage. And I must have in both situations commented around like, you know, the weather, you know, they don't like hot, you know, weather, you know, that's you'll hear me yelling down the block every day and twice on Sundays in my front yard. And so both of them came back with a comment. And so again, when I say I don't normally do this, I don't know if this is like true or an old wives tale. Right. Um, But the idea of keeping that soil cool. And then there's that whole idea of like soil temperature that we hate, you know, so there could be something there, there. We're going to find out this year. Uh Oh, here we go. Yeah. What? I mean, think about it though. Watering your plants with super cold water. How realistic is that? 
Well, I know that the water, the first commenters, like ice cold water, I'm like, I don't know where you live or what you're talking about. But when I water first thing in the morning, which I typically try to do, that water is really cold to the touch. Yeah. Let that hose sit out there for, you know, at nine o'clock and try to run that thing. It's like, you know, get me a little bowl and put my feetsies in, (laughs) my little footsies, and I'll have a little, like, foot sauna or something because that water gets hot really quick. Um, But that's the water coming from the hose. Once you get past that initial flush of water... You get some yeah, pretty cool yeah, yeah. water that comes out, man. Yeah. So, I mean, I think if you compound all these things together, I think it'll make a difference. Yeah, I, I don't, like I said, I don't normally do this. Like, this could be just a whole bunch of nonsense. It could be. You know. Well, yeah. and I think the only thing, I don't think watering with cold water is, but I think the difference between leaf temperature and root temperature, there may be something there, there, as you would say. Yeah. I do think... Uh, not to just be whiny about it I do think that this is another thing I put in the chat that I basically said you know we'll talk about in another episode I do believe that some of these answers are there for us and we just don't want to look for them yeah I believe some of these things are more simple I think it's easier to cut through all of the minutiae right like we latch on to a thing like oh you know it's 90 degrees this thing's gonna bolt and that becomes like, you know, the gospel. Um, real quick note on broccoli. I had two heads left, two of the main heads left, and they were pretty still small. Like they weren't these huge, you know, like elephant size broccoli heads. I just made that thing up. Um, and so I said, well, let's see if it gets a little bit larger. Again, I, I bought, maybe it's like Lieutenant broccoli. That's the ones that the big box stores always sell as starts. And I waited a day. Now, the other broccoli had maybe like two or three of the heads that already started to, the, what did they call them? The buds had already started to change colors. So, you know, that's the first sign of we're wrapping this thing up, girl. Um, and so anyway, I waited a day. Listening to you from the last episode, I put a pail on top of them like, you know, I'm going to block the sun. <laughs> I came back the next day. Brown. 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 <laughs> <Right? laughs> I didn't even go get my pruners or a knife. I pinched that broccoli head off. Look, I finished my garden chores, went inside, cooked it up. It was delicious. Don't get me wrong. You know, uh, but it, it kind of going back to the idea of, you know what you know when you know it. Now, variety obviously matters. When I plant it, obviously matters. Um, and I would probably add it to the list of uh, things that have given me trouble. And it's just based on primarily timing. To be quite frank. I mean, that's probably the bottom line of it for me. Yeah. I mean, it's the same for me. You know, it's like I try to grow it in the spring and invariably what it does is it starts to form a head and then it bolts. And then I try to grow it in the fall and invariably what happens is it gets cold and it just sits there for the winter. And Mm -hmm. if it makes it through the winter, then I get a harvest. So the question becomes is like, how do I get that harvest at fall when I want to get the harvest? When Mm -hmm. not, when not not necessarily, let me change that to not when I want to get the harvest, but when you technically should be getting a harvest, when everybody's like, it's the perfect time of year. I got my pumpkin latte and I'm, you know, all this stuff. And it's like, I just want my damn broccoli people. (laughs) Eight weeks from transplant to harvest. And I probably could have That's pulled it you? all at seven. That was this spring. Yeah. I could have probably could have pulled it at seven. Now again, my eight weeks, don't don't try this at home, kids, was April fifteenth ish to whatever eight weeks is later, like June tenth. And so when I talk about like perhaps it's pointing back to the gardener. Right. Like my extension service, I'm sure says that I can plan out, put out gar- um, broccoli starts probably three weeks before my average last frost. So that would put me back into March instead of planting them in April. Now, all of that said, the rule of thumb is not the rule of thumb. Like you can't just assume every day earlier you plant means you're going to harvest earlier. But there's something around that. Right. Um, eight weeks makes me a believer in broccoli, to be quite frank. There's not a lot that I'm getting from planting to it's ready to harvest in eight weeks. I mean, lettuce. Planting and a transplant and, to harvest in eight weeks. Yeah, transplant. Yeah. From what did I say? 
You said planting, planting. Not harvest. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, don't don't. We're not talking about direct seeding, right? These were nice transplants that had probably about four or five true leaves, um, so sizable. Um, so yeah, I mean, I think that that. Well, you, that and it's especially for me if it's even if it's the spring only that makes it worth my while but it doesn't mean that it's not a problem child well you know what i keep thinking about too with i mean and you can insert any vegetable into all of this um that bolts and mm-hmm. you, you know you just said brought up direct seeding and that's kind of what i keep thinking about is all right you and i know that like direct seeding is just not really a thing it's not going to work out for us right how the and hell did they do it plants. back in the day they direct seeded it and they got, I mean, if not, wouldn't nobody ever eat no damn broccoli? You well, know? I think that the thing that we we don't talk about, though, it's not like every garden everywhere was, you know, uh, making broccoli. You say that, but. I did. There's. Yeah. There's definitely like recipes, like old recipes that have been handed down in old cookbooks and stuff that like, if you could only grow broccoli, say in California, mm-hmm. you can't get ahead of broccoli over here until the invention of the damn car. You know what I'm saying? And without mm-hmm. a damn road. So how are people eating broccoli here before that? There, I mean, it's not one of those crops that's just like, no, it's not going to grow there. You know what I mean? It's just one of those crops that I think you got to crack the code for. I think that maybe we need like investigative discovery, like a, a show on yeah. <laughs> that channel or something. Like <laughs> you leaned up and then I got to the point where I'm all like, wait, hold on. Wait. But how? (laughs) (laughs) I mean, you can mix it in. It's aliens. Do they exist? And how do we Mm -hmm. get broccoli? Mm -hmm. I mean, but I'm just saying, like, that's kind of like what's triggered in my mind is like at some point people figured out how how and when to plant broccoli in order to get a harvest. Yeah, for sure. Which, again, goes back to the well, the direct seed part. It's kind of like, yeah. You know, mind blown. That was a terrible sound effect, but that's what I'm known for. Um, But I think, again, it's if I stop being, if I be a bit more obedient to my (laughs) extension service, right? (laughs) They're like, girl, we've made charts. We've made graphs. We've put this in tables. Like, just do it. And Batavia's Uh, like, no, come plant my garden for me and then I'll learn. Yeah, (laughs) right? So that's my stance on broccoli. I, I just, you know, I, I love to hate it, but mm-hmm. I want to love it. Yeah. And it's like yeah. once I figure it out, it's game on. Yeah. It's maybe yeah. this will be the year. I don't know. Okay, you're doing fall broccoli. I'm 100% doing fall broccoli. Always was going to do fall broccoli, but the way I stand now is my seeds are started in a seed tray outside in the shade. As soon as they pop, I'm more than likely going to bring them inside. And then in order, because I do feel like I did, went a little bit early starting them, I'm going to withhold feeding them for a while. And then as it gets closer to what I feel is time, then I'm going to push the food to them and get them to go. Um, my only thing in my thought process behind it is once I get this broccoli and I take it outside from my inside my cool house, what's going to stop it from bolting then? Yeah. You know, yeah. because here it'll stay hot all the way up into well into September. But if I can combine that with some heavy mulching and keeping that soil cool and maybe Mm -hmm. since and especially now that I'm doing the in-ground watering, I can adjust my watering time to where it's closer to like 10 o'clock in the morning or something. So it'll cool Mm -hmm. those roots Mm -hmm. down. Then we can see like, hey, yeah, this makes a big difference. You know, cooling the roots makes a big difference versus the leaves. So is this. Is it recommended that you grow broccoli in the spring or the fall, or is it here said to be both? Yeah. Well, based on you, you. yeah, based on my um, extension service, I'll just tell you the the time of year that they have recommended planting the most. Um, mm-hmm. It's the spring that they have it planting the most. So you have like a two month period to plant them in the spring, and then a month and a half in the fall. But my experience is I've always had better luck planting them in the fall. I just plant them later in the fall. So actually, I plant them after their last recommended plant date generally. So if I move forward by about six weeks of my planting, based on what you said, I should be getting some harvest come October into November. I should start getting them. Based on what who said? Based on what you said about your eight weeks from transplanting. And so see, this I'm pulling all this information in. And uh-huh. I don't ever want to discount 
your experience and what you've recognized, even though you're in a different area, but that growth time is still that growth time. So did you, did I not say asterisk? <laughs> no, it's too late. That's already imprinted in my mind. There's no, you're known for two things, asterisks well, no, and bad sound effects. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> that's the that's the standard ask all of my friends and loved ones exactly that no that's the standard though like eight weeks now like we've talked about it and i'm gonna move on to my next one we've talked about um, a part of the thing when i'm growing new things you know i'm enamored by when it first um germinates you know and i've I've germinated so much broccoli. It never makes it out of my grow area, but I've germinated a lot of it. You know, so I'm not necessarily, I mean, it all looks the same when it comes to those brassicas and such. Uh, but once the plant starts to produce leaves, like I feel like my broccoli plants themselves were smaller this year compared to last year, like the plant, you know, and height and all. But now I kind of like, I have pieces just like you were assembling them to this formula. Now I know when that first thing, I think it was like March, May, May 28th or 29th, right around Memorial Day weekend, I saw like a quarter size head. I had to look inside. And I'm telling you that 10 or 11 days later. It happens fast. Yeah. And the best part about this show is I just put those pieces together. <laughs> I forgot about that bit. That's why I love doing um, the podcast. So that's exciting for me. So let me ask you one more question. You remember when we were talking about seed temp- uh, temperature and seed germination? Mm-hmm. How long does it take your broccoli to germinate when you have you ever started it? Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. How long does it take it to germinate? Oh, I don't know. I can only remember like dates and times and durations for like the last 30 days. That's it. Um, I'm going to say definitely less than 10 days for the germination. About seven to 10 days, roughly, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So when I did it outside, it's been warm one day. Really? One day for cabbage hmm. and broccoli. I started seeing them pop in one day. Can you believe that? So that whole temperature seed germination thing, like yeah. you can read about it all day long, but like, damn, if it ain't true. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. All right. So I'm going to move on to a summer lover. Mm. And I don't know that How we need to you? spend much time because once the season really picks up, we're going to be talking about this all the time. Cucumbers. It's one of those things where I love to hate them. I love cucumbers. I enjoy them so much. It is kind of a, you know, like two hitter quitter. Like there are only a couple of things I'm really doing with cucumbers, but I still love them. It screams garden to me. <clears throat> but every year me growing cucumbers, it's a different experience. Like I can never consistent. Like I could never be a cucumber farmer. Right? <laughs> like I'm going to be bankrupt immediately. Yeah. Um, even before I get to the powdery mildew, which kind of is like, you know, it's game over. Right. Before I get to that, everything from germination time, everything from production, everything from and I am trying consistently some of the same varieties, um, you know, and the reason this bit of it is not inherent in the plant necessarily it's just it's the gardener again you take one afternoon off man you know and and you come back that next morning and you have basically how did these things turn yellow when this is a variety that produces green cucumbers you know um so cucumbers is, again they're gonna always be in my garden but they're a bit of a pain for me yeah they <sighs> I don't know if they're a pain for me. Well, I tell you, the past two years they've been a pain, but this year so far is going good. Mm-hmm. Um, I ate my first cucumber in two years the other day. Wow. Yep. I did not eat anything that I did not grow because I don't like grocery store cucumbers at all. Um, so, and I went back to my old standby, which is the Boston pickling cucumber, um, and it's worked well for me. But it's like you said. I mean, it's it's a lot like okra. Like you got to get it when you when you get mm-hmm. there, and it's better to get an immature one because what I've experienced and what I've read also, so I can say they're both together, is once that cucumber turns yellow, that plant knows to stop producing. So you, it's almost like you might as well rip it up and put something new in, which is a shame. But it's so quick. It's just yeah. they grow so fast. I think that I'm just in denial. Like I don't believe that. But I think I see it every year. Yeah. You know, um, and a part of it, it's kind of like, well, dang. So you're telling me that I could just ruin this whole thing. You know, <laughs> like you look it's up. It's rant. And what's that? I said, it's rant. You just gave it up. Yeah, 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 yeah. I, um, 
But again, I'm, I'm watching cucumbers grow year over year. I've actually decreased the number of cucumber plants. Like I probably had at one point like 12 different cucumber plants all over my garden. And that's just, again, when they're prolific, they're prolific, baby, you know? And so as I've ramped down, I'm basically rolling the diets because I realize that I may get lower production based on any number of things. One thing I haven't done, which maybe it, it really isn't even recommended is I'm not consistent in the place I grow cucumbers. Right. You know, so I'm going back to a place this year growing them that I had great success like three years ago. Um, and and we'll see um, our weather coming from May into June has just been so unpredictable. Like we've had mornings in the low 50s. Yeah. You know, so these plants are really taking their sweet time. <coughs> I mean, this is this is still full on spring this is like although it's wrapping up closer to summer now this feels like by the time you all hear this we'll be in summer but this really feels like mid-spring to me weather cool nights you know it's been pretty dry which i know a lot of folks have experienced but um so i'm kind of shrugging my shoulders we'll see what happens with all of these crops to be quite frank yeah you never know mm-hmm. well I'll, I'll stick with your um summer <clears throat> and i'm gonna say peppers um, I grow peppers, I harvest peppers, but I never get the production I want off of my peppers. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like there's just more in the tank. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I feel like there's mm-hmm. more to be had out of them. So yeah. this year I did something totally different. And I basically, I say basically cause it's not totally, but I planted a pepper bed to try and see how that's going to work out. Um, We'll see how it goes. I mean, so far they're loaded down, but as the summer wears on, mm-hmm. they start to get it. I mean, they, they take a beating. Yeah. And so there's a lot of things different in my garden this year that can help with a lot of these things. Like I'm not overhead watering anymore, which I'm really curious how this is going to work out, you know, because mm-hmm. that's a big investment. There's a big investment of time and money. And so, um, you know, as I was reading, actually it was about cucumbers last night. I was looking something up and, or I was on, um, no, I was on some some chat room or something. I don't know. Anyway, somebody posted a picture of a cucumber. It looked like it had rust disease on it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And um, oh, on some, the cucumber or the leaves? The leaves. The leaves. Yeah, okay. Which, you know, mm-hmm. if the leaves are struggling, the plant's going to struggle. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but the one thing that I saw, everybody was saying rust, rust, rust. And then somebody else chimed in. And I don't know if it's like a in-ground waterer warrior or, or what it is. But it was like you got what you get water on your leaves and then it can cause that. And so mm-hmm. I'm curious to see like how that works out for me because I'm not doing that if I'm going to see more or less of that because I definitely have noticed as like cucumbers and peppers and stuff like that start to get old, their leaves will start to kind of dry out a little bit. You know, you get that l- rust look to them. And I just mm-hmm. would hate to think that every year my garden is totally riddled with rust disease. Like I just don't yeah. feel like that's the case. Hmm. But the same thing happens with my peppers, long story short. So it's like I, I figure there's got to be something that I'm missing to the peppers and I just can't figure out. So I'm feeding them more and I'm injection feeding them. So I'm feeding the roots more. Mm-hmm. So we'll see how that's working out, you know? Yeah. The um, I have, for the first time in quite a while, started to experience like a subpar production or plant growth. And I am all but certain it is based on the soil. So remember those two long, uh, narrow beds in the front yard that I dug up that I talked about all winter? Mm -hmm. So one's by the fence where I've grown sunflowers for the last handful of years or last few years. And then the others are on the side of, uh, on the inside of the bed underneath the trellis. And so there is a little bit of shading, which is amazing when you think about how high the sky is and how unobstructed that yard is. But there actually absolutely is like this is only the second season I've grown in that soil. And that soil is basically basically the soil that was underneath my garden, excuse me, underneath my grass for decades. And so it is not the quality that's in the rest of my beds and the production of what's growing in there. I believe it's directly related to that. Even with the idea of me adding compost to it, I still think we're probably some years away from that being a really productive kind of fertile bit of soil. Um, 
so I, I bring this up because when it comes to cucumbers, I know that you've been expanding your garden and you've basically been introducing new soil and such. And I wonder if you go back to look at kind of where you've been growing these cucumbers. Are they in the old version of your garden or the new version of your garden? Um, They're in the wild garden this year, which I've never planted in the wild garden either. Mm-hmm. So um, how many bell peppers do you think you get off of a plant? Oh, good gosh. Um, I'm going to say about half a dozen. Yeah, so it's saying that um, a bell pepper plant should get anywhere between eight to ten bell peppers in a season, mm-hmm. roughly, mm-hmm. and that's for a longer season. So you should be right yeah. on par mm-hmm. with that. Yeah. So it's interesting also, when you see that because it's like that's it. So I see, yeah. After I get, let's say I get eight bell peppers, should I just pull the pepper up? Well, you have reminded me of there's so many like I need Leonard really to step up. Like if he wants his promotion, he really needs to step up because like I'm looking at it saying, are we going to fire him or not fire him or not? And, and he's looking <laughs> at it saying, like, I want more responsibility, you know, which for these young kids just means more money. Right. Yeah. So anyway, um, we talked about this last year. I forgot about it until this moment. And I'm going to forget about it by the time I, my pepper plants start producing peppers anyway. But uh, I prefer to let my bell peppers, as an example, uh, completely ripen. So whatever color, yellow, brown, purple, red, they're supposed to get to, I let them get to that. But you know that ultimately, ultimately slows down how many peppers are being produced on that plant. Right. And so I actually have, I need to actually remind add a note in my calendar for this because I'm now I'm really curious I have about six um, uh, bell peppers that are supposed to turn red in one space it may even be more and it's very intentional but now I'm curious if they're in the same space if I take just one plant and harvest all of the green peppers that are coming to size I want to see how many I get off of that plant compared to I mean it seems like it's very logical like you know um well, you, you're going to get more, right? I just don't think my season's long enough to basically produce, whip up more peppers. I think it's going to be very near the same quantity. I'm just going to have more green peppers off of that plant than the other. Well, I mean, you let them ripen inside. They'll ripen. I mean, you'll. I think you'll lose a little yeah. bit of sweetness. But, you know, typically mm-hmm. that's what has happened to me, I think, is I'll let them, same as you, I want them, I want to mm-hmm. pick a red pepper. You know, that's yeah. what I want. But... And the time it takes from it to get green to red, that's when the plant declines. And so I'm thinking yeah. it's just like a cucumber. Like maybe we should be pulling them and letting them ripen inside, just like you do when you're fall tomatoes or something, you know, at the end yeah. of fall. I mean, maybe that's like a, a method. I mean, I know it's a method, but it just seems like they the health of the plant really declines around this time. Now, this year See, where they're planted too, they're going to get afternoon shade. So, Maybe they get too hot, and this is going to help eliminate that altogether. See, my logic is for um, the peppers, like I know for sure, similar to tomatoes, I pull a lot of green peppers off of my plants at the end of uh, the season anyway. So that's another reason why I'm like, let those get vine ripe when they can. But they will sit on my counter or on my dining room table for weeks Mm-hmm. Right before they start spoiling, as long as your house isn't super hot, right? Um, so, anywho, I mean, I, I think that it's you know, peppers add that to the list of the thing of you know how many plants I get. This is actually a pretty common question I get on my YouTube channel. How many plants do you plant, right? Which is kind of the, the thing underneath that is how many peppers does that produce, you know? But people don't ask that necessarily, right? You know. Um, so, anywho, I, I think are we wrapped? We, we- do three and three. Uh, yeah, you want to just leave it at that and we'll go to the question? Yeah, I think so. Okay, yeah, because yeah, the next one could be like 30 minutes. We don't know <laughs> at the rate we're going today. Um, there are others, but, you know, it is what yeah. it is. So today's question comes from the Backyard Gardens uh, Facebook group. And what's the name of it, Batavia? Backyard Gardens Community Garden. There you go. You can come find us there and enjoy all the spoils of it. And by the way, the people that are on there, your gardens are amazing. Thank you so much for posting your pictures when we ask for them. Um, Brian posted a picture of his eggplants. And he says, my eggplant is producing like crazy this year. Is this too much production for the eggplants to mature fully? 
And so in this little picture we have here, we've got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight eggplants, and six of them are probably, if I had to estimate, about four to five inches long. And then probably three inches thick. They're the big oval type. Maybe like a black beauty or something like that. So what do you think? Hey, hey, Brian. I tried to get in there quick and say hello to you, but my buddy here just kept on talking. I had my hand raised. Um, I think variety matters. Um, I have seen eggplants in my garden, a single plant, produce like... 10 eggplants at a time and they were fine when it comes to ripening um, I think it was more of like the little finger like it was a more small and narrow um, eggplant so that's again variety matters I think this is where go back to see what you planted because black beauty I expect it to be as big as my head like that's what you see in the grocery stores this is an estimation and, of variety just so you know yeah just, I know, okay I know. yeah so um, but my point is, so let's say he knows he has black beauty. And so he's waiting for this to get again as big as my head. And I don't know if they're producing in that same way. Um, I definitely, I mean, I think maybe the, I saw the question this time. Look at that. Basically, I get to see the question, but I don't get to speak to uh, the gardener. That's how that goes. Um, hey, you're I on the Facebook page. You know how to talk. Yeah. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> Burn. Ooh, the restraint I have shown in this episode. Uh, <laughs> you may not be thinking of this, but if you are, don't go cutting any of them off. Uh, just make sure you have proper support for it. Yeah. Um, I mean, so, and he has a big wooden stake in there. Those topple over. You yeah. Know? So, I mean, and as I, I mean, I answered him and I said, no, nah, just keep feeding them. Because, I mean, in my experience, eggplants are very productive. So, um, I don't think it's an issue. And I mean, it's one of those things, I think it's just like with the peppers and stuff, just harvest early and often, you know, I mean, that's the whole thing with all of these is harvest early enough and you'll go through lulls like on that plant right there. I don't know the stage in which they were to be harvested. They look like they're about ready at that picture. Um, you know, if you had eight full or eight pepper or damn eggplants on there and six of them were ripened. If you pull those six off, you're going to be prolonging, and you're going. To, it's going to start pushing more flowers. Yeah. So um, that's a that's a really good question, though, um, because we've talked about a lot how, like, I mean, with bell peppers and stuff like that, like the bigger plants with the bigger fruits will produce less mm -hmm. than the smaller fruits on them. Yeah, and it's interesting for something, a vegetable like eggplant, because it's kind of like your melons. It's kind of like it's not like a pepper or even a tomato where you could basically pull it off at any time. Yeah. And you could still get to the point of like it will be enjoyable. Um, so if and if you're uber curious, uh, there's obviously also the notes of how many days has it been since you planted it? You know, so days to harvest, you can kind of use that as a combination of other things. Eggplant, it's a purple eggplant that he had. So generally, um you know, you want to make sure that it's a shinier, like there's a shiny sheen to the skin. Um, the other side of it, once it goes dull, it's too late. It's overripe. I'd say, you know, if you think it's getting, it didn't sound like he thought it was getting close. He just wanted to make sure that he didn't have too many to prolong yeah. things unnecessarily. Um, but whenever you get closer, you know, feel free to cut one off and, and cut it open. And there's your gauge. Well, my whole narrative to it is, um, first of all, sir, you're doing amazing with your eggplant and I'd say enjoy it until it just peters out on you and it just gives up and then go to something next, you know, cause chances are with that many eggplants, you fit to be tired of eating eggplants. Okay. So I saw the picture through your phone and now looking at the picture on my phone, the first eggplant that's closer to the camera <laughs> to the Is screen. Ready. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Cut that one off. I just, yeah. I think eggplants are beautiful. I think they're an amazing plant. And I think as far if you're looking for weight to production, I don't think there's a yeah. better plant to grow in the summertime. Um, yeah. You know, if you want to count something like that. So, and I can um, see he has his steak. So he already, you know, yeah, he's got a ignore thick all steak. the stuff you've already done that I gave you at his advice, Brian. Yeah. Just enjoy it. But everybody else, you can use it to your advantage. <laughs> all right, everybody. So those were a couple of ours that we just, struggle with and that's okay if you struggle 
because once you figure it out, you won the game. So uh, check us out on all our usual places. You can see Batavia at Be Better Gardens on YouTube. You can see me on Sandy Bottom Homestead. Oh, by the way, I'm getting my bees tomorrow, everybody. Just so you know, half of them. Long story behind that. <laughs> so um, we're going to do that and then come join us on Patreon all that other stuff, uh, Apple subscriptions, and Spotify, leave us a question or in the Facebook group, and we will get to it on the air. And until next time, remember, everybody, learn to grow and grow for change. Hey, someone commented on my Instagram that they love my greens cabinet, or maybe it was YouTube, but either way, they were talking about the cage baby, and it melted my heart. So I'll see you. (laughs) See ya in the greens cabinet. Now you know why people feel like celebrating at harvest time. All over the world, people have feasting and good times when the crops have been gathered in. Hey, everybody. Thanks for checking out the Backyard Gardens podcast. If you like what we're doing and you want to continue to support the podcast, head over to our Patreon page to sign up. You can also make a one-time donation using PayPal. Both of these links are in the description. With your support, we can continue growing and helping others in their gardens. See ya. If you guys want some Backyard Gardens gear, go to the link below and check out our t-shirts, mugs, pint glasses, and other gear. All purchases go towards helping to support the show, so thank you so much in advance, and we hope you enjoy. We want everybody to have a garden, and we're going to give you a chance to win free seeds every month. Head over to BackyardGardensTV.com and enter your email address to be entered in all of our giveaways. Good luck! We want you to be a part of our gardening community. DM us a picture of your garden at Backyard Gardens TV on Instagram, and we will share it with our listeners.